Hi, welcome back to Not Another Film Podcast. I'm Claire B. Downey. I'm Jason Pereira. Welcome back, everyone. Sorry we didn't have an episode last week. Um, I was tired because I had stayed up until five in the morning editing a class, a video for film class. So that was not the. No, this, this, this podcast sometimes make me forget that we actually do things. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I like. I'm gonna be honest, you guys. I I love doing this podcast, but I dread doing it. Like when I'm doing it, it's fine. But like the build up to it, I just like have so much stuff I'm doing that like I don't want to record the podcast, and then I get into it and it's fun. But like the build up to it is like, oh my god, I forget that I have like homework and that I'm a high schooler. You know, it's funny because I feel the opposite way. I feel like anxious because I'm like waiting for it to start. You know. Oh my god, and I'm always like, hey, can we push it back two hours? <laughs> it's not, no, that's not the issue, you know, but it's just like, you know, I'm like, god, I have so much work, I need something else to do. <laughs> oh my god, you want like a distraction. I'm all glad that not another film podcast is your distraction. Hopefully, hopefully all our listeners also listen to it as a distraction from the actual work you have to do. So with that, let's get started. Um, it's still Black History Month, and I know we didn't do it someone last week but we are doing someone this week um it's my turn and i wanted to do a woman because we've only done men and we're gonna talk about sashir zamata so she's a comedian and an actress she was on snl and she's also on um stephen colbert stephen colbert's show like late night with stephen colbert i don't know what it's called um i first really saw her in spree um which is a great movie it's like a very strange movie about a guy who it works for like an uber kind of app and then decides to kill people um because he wants to be a twitch streamer so that's a banger but what i really want to talk about was this one show she was in called woke um and that's what ties into our black history month woke is a really great show that she's in um it's about a a black cartoon artist um named keith who never really engaged much in like social justice stuff um until he was a victim of police brutality and then he gets a concussion and basically wakes up and like all of these like cartoons are like kind of like talking to him. And I know it sounds weird, but it's actually a really great show. And Sashir's character is um, kind of the opposite of Keith. And so they have a little bit of like, you know, trouble. Um, she's very invested in social justice and is a really cool character. And I just think that the show is amazing. It teaches you a lot about um, how social justice and Black Lives Matter movement and a lot of um, different quote unquote controversies are handled nowadays especially police brutality and um that's kind of my recommendation of the week is to check out woke it's on hulu um really great show sashir zamata is an incredible woman and an incredible actress and comedian she's super funny so that's what i just kind of want to talk about starting off and now we can get into some actual film things um jason we made music videos didn't we we did make music videos uh, so we both uh, submitted our uh, music videos to our film teacher and he selected the both of ours to be submitted to the MMEA Film Festival. Out of like 11 people, we were the two that were chosen. <laughs> you um, see, I just we just want to remind you that you're listening to capable and very competent, in fact, high quality film kids here. We're so good at making movies, you guys. We, we are we are the cream of the crop here. Jason bro. made an incredible music video that I'm gonna be honest, did not get the love it deserved when we were watching it in film class. Like my film teacher 
did really like Jason's video because it was very high quality. But um, I felt like the criticism that I got was not the criticism it deserved. Like he was kind of talking about how he didn't understand like your character when not all music videos have to be extremely like storyline based. And I know he knows that, but like Jason's music video was to Birdhouse in Your Soul by They Might Be Giants. And it was just peak (laughs) editing. Like I thought I was good at editing. And then I watched that and I was like, oh God, Jason's going to win, isn't he? Like I cried. I okay. I oh, yes. up, no. I cried. I'm gonna be honest. Why would she tell me that? No, no. I have to delete the video now. <laughs> so I was really tired because I stayed up until five in the morning, and it's. I hate my film, by the way. I watched. I rewatched it. It's not that bad, but um, I'm very like hard on myself sometimes. So I will say like I hate it, which I shouldn't do in front of a class of people because they don't take me seriously, and I should probably be like, oh, this is the greatest movie I've ever made. But, um. The issue was, I stayed up until 5 a.m. It didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. And then I watched Jason's, because Jason posted this little clip on his Instagram. Please follow Jason on Instagram. Oh, no, you watched this at 5 a.m.? No, no, no. I watched this, like, when later when he posted it. And it was just that one shot of you holding the bird's nest, and little baby bird Jason came out of the bird's nest, and it was amazing. And I bald like i was like oh my god jason's gonna get picked and mr Sears gonna think i'm a horrible filmmaker and this is the end of the world like sobbing and then like i got some sleep and was like oh no it's fine <laughs> like, now speaking of the end of the world claire's uh, music video <laughs> was to phoebe bridges song which was was it end of the world the end is coming no it's uh phoebe bridges song called i know the end and if you know me know you know i end. love two women those women are phoebe waller bridge and phoebe bridgers and i did a phoebe bridgers song um and yeah it was basically like a girl discovers the world is ending and you know has to like come to the acceptance of it right it's it's literally the polar opposite of what I created. <laughs> Jason's it's so, so good. <laughs> it's so it's so amazing how different we are We're and so how different, different our art is. Cause like I'm a little more cynical than Claire, and like my music video was light, bouncy, <laughs> warm, and Claire's video was dark, cynical. And like, it ends with like the person kind of accepting their doom, but still being <laughs> horrified with what's to come. It's, okay. it's literally- oh, The goal of the movie was to show about how she didn't like the world before. And it starts off with her, like one of the lines in the songs is, man, I hate this part of Texas. And I was like, okay, this would be cool if we talked about someone who didn't really take the world for like what it is and didn't see the beauty in it and then once they realize the world is ending that's when they finally realize that the world is beautiful so what I did is I went on this drive and I made my parents drive me to a small town up north and um where we have like a lake house which is very nice and um I just filmed whatever I saw and I the area is very much like lots of churches lots of um like more kind of rural stuff so I was able to film some creepy stuff that was like, it didn't look that creepy in it. But when we were driving by, my parents were like, oh my God, I never realized how scary this church looks. And I'm like, yeah, it was built in the 70s. Like, <laughs> the 70s? Um, That's not that scary. 1970s like, churches are terrifying. Are they, they're like disco balls in the church. No, they just look like you know something bad happened there. Yeah, so uh, that was my film. Jason's was really, really cool. He did rot- you did rotoscope, didn't you? A little bit. So I uh, I found this software that basically allows you to make an animation from some rotoscoped footage 
and only a few frames. So you would only have to trace over or draw just like one, two, three frames. And then over a one second clip, it would fill in all the things. And so this, it saves so much time. And I basically was, I found like a YouTube tutorial on it uh, by Joel Haver. It's, it's, it's honestly such a great thing that, you know, that exists, this technology yeah. exists. I had to you know? do some masking through Premiere and um, I don't use Premiere often unless it's for film and I hadn't done masking before. And I wanted to put like text behind myself. So um, I just like look, Googled how to mask on yeah. Premiere and it was so easy. It takes yeah. like minutes per scene. I, 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 I also did the same thing. I learned how to mask and keyframes in Premiere. Yeah. And like, at some point I just wanted to slam my face into my keyboard. Wait, really? I enjoyed it. It felt like kind of like busy work, but I was like chilling and like vibing and just like taking the little dots around my little person and like moving them around each, like, you don't have to do it frame by frame or else it looks choppy. Um, it'll move with your person if, if you do it right. Like you kind of go every couple of frames and then you continue to mask it. And it, I actually kind of enjoyed it. If it was, it was kind of like doing like a coloring thing. Yeah, but for me, it was just like, it, it was busy work. So yeah. literally as you said, but I don't vibe to busy work. I, if I, I like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a doing type person. I go out there and I film, I record, and then I sit down and edit and like, oh no i like editing i will jason i will always edit for you if you need it um but yeah i i always thought i was like i'm not saying i was i thought that i was actually no this is a lie i thought i was like one of the best editors in the class because i was like i know how to do all this and then jason made his movie and i was like never mind <laughs> like jason's really good at editing um, well you know I also think I'm one of the best editors in the class so you're in good competition oh yeah you're, at least, at you're, least you're in good company here yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, being a part of a film class, you just kind of, at some point, you have to stop going down the road of like, oh, I'm bad. I hate this. Like, this is bad. You just have to be so overly confident, like, or else it's just not going to work for you because something, al we've talked about this, something always goes wrong. And if you take that one thing that was like wrong and you get super upset about it, you're, it's going to ruin your, no one's going to respect you. Like, I was really frustrated with um, the music video I made because um, I 3D modeled a monster to put in the sky to look like it was, like, one of those, like, kind of, like, Cthulhu, like, cool big sky monsters. I really went off the inspiration of that um, Mind Flayer from Stranger Things. Did not work. My test run worked because the sky was gray. So when I put in a black overlay, it looked natural and it just looked like a shadow. When you do it on a like an, a oh. pink sky, complete, it did not work. And I was so close to just breaking. And I was like, you know what, F it. And I go and I YouTube free fire explosion overlay and I download it and I threw it in there and I submitted it. Like that was it. Yeah, you know, I remember you showing me the green monster thing and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then it was an explosion. And I'm not gonna lie, I was a little disappointed, but- Oh, it's so shit. I actually am hoping that like, if I have to submit it to like Greg Harris, which is a new Trier film festival that we do, um, I'm gonna try and do it again. Cut real quick here. Uh, this was a little like, uh, for if you really wanna like redo it, I would suggest just like, so, you know, in jo you've, you've seen Jaws, right? 
No, I actually haven't. Oh, well, whatever. So uh, Steven Spielberg was editing Jaws and Jaws is the animatronic shark, mm -hmm. right? And um, the editor, like the editor who was editing the film was just like, hey, we need to cut out a lot of this footage because when the Jaws is on screen for too long, it just doesn't look realistic and it just starts to look wrong. Mm. And like, so they just kind of have Jaws, like the, the animatronic shark in very few frames, yeah. but it's just the way that utilizes. So I felt like you used the explosion for a little bit too long there at the end. And it's just like long enough to where like you watch it and you really start to see how unrealistic it is. That's actually a really good critique. Um, I agree, um, thinking back to it. And I am going to keep this on the podcast. This is a very good critique, Jason. Oh. Um, the thing I just didn't want to put you on the spot. Or no, you're fine. No, I actually enjoy, I actually like that uh, suggestion. Um, you, unlike some people, are good at giving criticism. Um, oh, by the way, I thought your premise was just like, you know, a little bit contrived. Oh, yeah. Overall, kind of film. But here's my suggestion. Uh, no, kinda like, I think you should quit, Loki. <laughs> And that's the end of not another film podcast. It's like you'll never live up to me. So <laughs> shut the hell up. <laughs> My God. Um. No. What I was trying to say was with the music, all of that music that I did in my music video. Um. You have to cut it down for time. It's like a five-minute song. I edited that music and tried to get the ending of the song. So that music is edited by me, and it was actually way longer. Like it was like um four minutes. And I cut it down to like 3.30 because there was just part of it where I did not, I thought I had enough footage and it just did not look right. Like it just kind of seemed repetitive. And I was like, people are going to get bored. So then I had to like take the ending of the song and the whole thing with the song, if any Phoebe Bridger stands are in here, it builds and it builds and it builds and it crashes and it's just screaming. Like the end of the song is just straight up screaming. And I couldn't put that in there because it would just be like shrieking and I didn't want to do that so um I had to like edit the end of the song and it just did not sound right so that was my main issue so then yeah I had to have this like explosion in the sky and I had to have it match up to the music and you're right the shot was too long but it was the only way that I could like match it up to the music so I wonder if I can just like do better <laughs> I think you maybe should have just sustained the shot with like the shock and horror or I don't know like I I, but there's definitely it. something you could do I don't oh, I could find a way to fix it my thing was you do um, it, Claire I believe in you thank you I filmed that in zero degree weather and there's an abandoned neighborhood that only has three houses on the way to where I was it's like really uh, do you know what Glacier Park is okay so it was like this by this like national park kind of thing um and it's just like three houses in this like long ass street and so my parents it was zero degree weather and my parents were like, screw it. And I just got out of the car, set up the tripod, filmed that scene, one take left. It was not long enough, did not go whatsoever with what I had planned. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not refilming that. So <laughs> Dude, I had that same experience with Upper my Madness, filming. Guys. Yeah. And so like, it was like two days before I had to submit it. And like, I edited everything. And I was like, this is not enough. I have to go out again. And I spent five hours in 12 no. degree weather oh my God. and I just I had the time of my life dude you know yeah, I was I was dancing amazing. in the middle of the street I was like oh man if I set up right here I can throw a snowball at an off-screen me and then chase myself off like I just had a really great time you know that's so fun yeah I'm glad you had a really great time I 
I had a great time filming the shots that I was not in. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I also like I filmed in my living room, and that was fine. Not my living room. I filmed in a the room that I normally film this podcast in, which is like my office. Um, and my Mr. Sirik was like, "Oh fuck!" My film teacher was like, "Uh, what?" <laughs> camera did you use and I was like like a canon 7d and he was like yeah the quality it's so grainy and I was like yeah you're right he was like but that's that's not what I want to talk about I want to talk about your character development so then I learned Claire Downey not good at cinematography extraordinarily good at writing you know what I'm going to disagree with you there I thought your use of color like I've said this to you like three times already. I, I like you. I love it. I absolutely love how you started off the story cool, dark, and as the emotions heighten, it warms and it, it becomes red, and then the sky is on fire, and then it, yeah. like literally, yeah. So, I thought then- that was really nice. There was just one shot at the beginning, and. I don't know why I like it so much, but it's just you kind of looking off. And I think you're wearing like this uh, black and white shirt. It's a green sweater. Is it when I'm sitting in um, my, on my couch? Yeah. And you're just, it's, it's just like the whole frame. It's either black or white, except for your hair. And for whatever reason, I look at that and I just find it so like beautiful that your blonde hair is contracted. I was like, that is the sexiest woman I've ever seen in my entire life. When I'm editing, I was like, ooh, the highlight. Look at her cheekbones. Like, I was hyping myself up. And then every other shot of me, I was like, ugly <laughs> Like, only that one shot I found attractive. And that's when I put in that, like, the, that's when I realized if I started putting in the words behind myself, it would actually look really cool. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I don't know if it was intentional or not. But was your, not. your hair just being this bright color against this that. drab because background. I'm blonde. In case you don't know, it's, if you listen to show, you don't know that I'm blonde. I'm very blonde. Yeah, it, you know, that's why she's so dumb, right? Anyway. You know, I'm not a natural blonde, so watch your tongue. Oh it, no, I'm so scared yeah. of a brunette. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so scared, my God. Oh, no. um, now I'm like going back to my video and being like, how blonde am I? Um, actually, fun random story not related to film I have to get my hair like lightened and I don't dye it all the way because that's expensive and I and also if you live where we live everything is expensive here so I go and I get my hair done at like a nice salon right and um I asked them to do like a nice strawberry blonde because I really want strawberry blonde and I you not the guy who dyed my hair I was orange that was orange hair like I leaned up while he was dying it like my hair was wet and I was like this is orange and I just had a panic attack, like just sitting there silently, like with the mask on, like I'm going to die. And my hair was pretty orange, but it faded. Um, fun fact, you guys, Miss Miss Claire was ginger for a hot second. <laughs> yeah, see, then I would have actually been afraid of you. <laughs> like soulless ginger, what is she doing? Oh God, not the redhead. Not the redhead. If you're ginger. I don't know. I, I'm, a, I am especially, uh, I am especially suspicious of Rupert Grint. Oh my God. And Ed Sheeran. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would not let Ed Sheeran go anywhere near my house, yeah. my community, my country. No, is not is he Irish? Or is he British? He's British, isn't he? He's something or other. Yeah, I He's trust Ed Sheeran. It doesn't Ireland. really matter. I trust the Irish. I don't trust ginger Brits. Oh my God. You know what? I had this um, Irish ginger film teacher and 
he was the greatest, honestly. I, he, he really helped me understand cinematography in like a better way. And like, oh God. Wait till our actual film teacher listens to this. <laughs> no, 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 no offense to our current film teacher, but like, you know what, Peter, if somehow you're listening to this, I love you. His name is Peter. His name is Peter. I love people named Peter. I think we can move on to our other segment for today, which is going to be um, something that my sister recommended by sending me a screenshot of something Martin Scorsese said about how like film is dead or something. And we, I came up with this idea of we're going to be reviewing bad film reviews, but a lot of this is from Reddit. So it's mainly us reviewing like Redditors. <laughs> Jason, yeah. you go with the first one. Well, I'm going to go off Google reviews, which is my medium of choice for odd, off, dumb film opinions. So let me start off with Annie Hall. Uh, <laughs> now, I'm going to say this right now. Um, I do not like Annie Hall. I thought it was boring. I found it unfunny. We also I didn't like it. The creators of Annie Hall. <laughs> yeah. I, I was tr- I was not thinking about Woody Allen while I was watching it and I really just was not like I was just thinking of everything else but the movie I was like hmm I should go fishing because that'd be a lot more fun than this <laughs> <laughs> all right so this is by T Jenna uh I was 22 out of university in India looking for a job when I saw this film in a festival I was heavily into film history and aesthetics when I saw the film, but it took me five more years to see my next Woody Allen film, Manhattan, in a commercial theater. Those days, we had real difficulties in watching Hollywood movies in India on the commercial circuit. The other limitation I had was I hadn't seen New York and not been to the States. In spite of those, any hall made an instant connection to my mind to archetypal male grooming his girl, only to fall behind both his and his girl's expectation. Hmm. Okay. okay, Woody Allen set the story in the intellectual settings of a mega city in the typical 1970s cultural environment I grew up in mentally. I was so enamored by the efforts of Allen's character to come out of his self-pity and courageously harness his wounded emotions in order to co- convert it into a drama, thereby accepting his life and the world within matured humor. All right, that's... That's okay. enough of that. That's that's pretty. It's pretty pretentious. Yeah, it's pretentious. It's, it's it's a little up there, but it's a normal film review. Right. <clears throat> Allow me to continue. This is a film for serious people who possess enough intellect no! to not only connect with the various references brought in by Alan, but also have the ability to handle emotion in a complex world. I chanced upon this film on cable TV today while while confined to home in my native village on east coast of India during Corona lockdown. A perfect time and setup to revisit this film in my matured years and most importantly, after getting sufficient exposure to both coasts of US, the film engulfs. I highly recommend this film to those who are widely exposed intellectually so as to catch the complex emotions woven by Alan through his dialogues and his visual style mixing time, frequent mixed screen sequences. I'll be honest, this dude gets no bitches. (laughs) This dude gets no pussy. Annie Hall 
and Manhattan made me fall in love with New York and I've never found a reason to reconsider it after so many long stays and so many visits to the city. No filmmaker has made such intimate films around his city as Woody Allen here. Maybe Fidricio Fellini for Rome, Rainy Warner Fassbender for Berlin. Stop. Thank you. Thank you, T. Jenna. Thank you for that. Okay, so rating, we're gonna do a star rating. Wait, what did, did they rate Annie Hall like five stars? Yes, they rated Annie Hall okay. five stars. I'm gonna giving this review a solid two and a half. You had some good points and then you got a little bit of a superiority complex in the end. Okay, well, my uh, my metric for film reviews is a little bit differently than Claire's. I, uh, I, I rate it based on how much I hated it and loved it at the same time. And I'm giving this a solid uh, 7.5 out of 10. This, Ew, was, so, like this, this was so bad, like I giggled, you know, I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's funny cause like he used the same vocabulary, intellect and complex emotions. Like he, really? Yeah. You're gonna use the exact same words for the same reviews? Yeah. Before, before we move on, I want to do another quick uh, Annie Hall review. Uh, this is by Hariharam Puthuparamampil. Before we start, can I just say that Jason is Indian and he's not making fun of Indian people? I am making fun of Indian people okay. and I'm Indian. So. Okay, but I just <laughs> wanted to preface that before anyone assumes anything. This this is what Hariharam Puthuparamampil had to say. Amazing feelings. That's it. That's, <laughs> That's it. the whole review. <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'm gonna completely contradict this with this dc commentary about how much we hate marvel i don't like dc i'm a marvel fan um i i just i'm gonna preface that Dear haters, welcome to DC Cinematic, a group for DC films. We know there is quite a few of you that are diehard MCU loyalists visiting to offer your advice on how to be like the MCU. We'll pass ZSJL, we'll outstream your Wanda Falcon and, oh, Zack Snyder Justice League. We'll outstream your Wanda Falcon and whatnot you got going over there at Kidney Plus, the platform that charges $30. <laughs> For flops like Mulan. Yeah, the future is now. He just wants to see your faces when those steaming movie numbers come out in April and your faces hit the floor. It's gonna get lit. Now go, now go commence the semi-PC comments like you aren't MCU fanboys and love DC. It's a copy pasta, but it is the funniest thing. Alright, I'm gonna rate that a... Uh one out of 10 because I did not hate that at all. <laughs> I think it's in five fact, out of five for me. I, I think, in fact, I think that made me a Zack Snyder fan. <laughs> I'm on like a Zack Snyder fan account, like not fan account, fan server on Discord, not Discord, Reddit. I don't understand social media apparently. Um, I have another one. So keep in mind, Zack Snyder fans, my film teacher is gonna love hearing us rant about how much we don't like Zack Snyder. They refer to it as, and I kid you not, the Snyderverse. <laughs> like Spider-Verse, but Snyderverse. You guys suck. Justice suck. League into the Snyderverse. Oh my god. <laughs> it's 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 just uh Spider-Man Noir, except without any of the tongue-in-cheek humor about him. <laughs> okay. So here's what we have. Um, no one knows of 
okay we don't know if they're serious or not if this is like sarcastic but they claim that they're deadly serious so here's the the reddit post you speak with reason and logic that has no place in my mind i live in the realm of insane hope and possibility the snyder verse in all its magnificence has captured me i am a i am a slave to it (laughs) and assuming justice league ends on a cliffhanger i will be driven to demand a conclusion to the saga driven onward through the burning crucible of desert where holy men and prophets are cleansed and purged for god's great purpose until at last at the end of human strength (laughs) beaten into the dust from which he came the metal is ready for the maker's hand. <laughs> I'm sorry, did they cast Ben Shapiro as Joker in that one? Yes. And then he goes, I'm deadly. Facts serious. and logic. Someone Facts says, and like, logic have gone out the window. Someone says, like, I'm not sure if you're being completely serious about this. And and they go, I am deadly serious when it comes to the Snyderverse. It is partly from the Ten Commandments when Moses is cast into the desert. The speech by the narrators, epic as f- <laughs> 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 the Ten Commandments. Thou shall have an epic as f- narrator. <laughs> okay, those, uh, are, those are two of them I have. All right. You know, while we're on the topic of uh, hating the MCU, no. I, uh, I, I found uh, Martin Scorsese's opinion on Marvel movies. No. And boy, does this just really... Uh, Martin, I do respect you, even though the only movie I've ever seen you make is The Invention of Hugo Cabret. Martin, I have absolutely zero respect for you, but that's just because I'm a contrarian. Uh, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> many film, many franchise films are made by people of considerable talent and artistry. You can see it on the screen. The fact that the films themselves don't interest me is a matter of personal taste and temperament. I know that if I were younger, I'd come of age at a later time. I might have been excited by these pictures and maybe even wanted to make one myself, but I grew up when I did and I developed a sense of movies of what they were and what they could be. And that was far from the Marvel universe as we on earth are from Alpha Century. For me, the filmmakers I came to love and respect for my friends who started making movies around the same time that I did, cinema was about revelation, aesthetic, emotional and spiritual revelation. It was about characters, the complexity of people and their contradictory and sometimes paradoxical natures, the way they can hurt one another and love one another, suddenly come face to face with themselves. And that was the key for us. It was an art form. There was some debate at that time. So we stood up for cinema as equal to literature or music or dance. I never wanted to kick a grown man so hard. You know, he's not the size of a grown man for if that helps. Is he small? Could I punt him? Probably. Yeah. And we came to understand that art could be found in many places and in just as many forms in The Steel Helmet by Sam Fuller and Persona by Ingmar Bergman in It's Always Fair Weather by Gene Kelly, blah, 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 or in the films of Andrew Alfred Hitchcock. I suppose you could say that Hitchcock was his own franchise or that he was our franchise. Every new Hitchcock picture was an event to be packed in-house in one of the old theaters watching a rear window was an extraordinary experience. Yeah, okay, whatever, dude. 
come on, man. That gets a one out of t- five for me. If I'm going my five star, just because it was so incredibly boring that I was reading other reviews while you were speaking. I, I give this a five out of 10. I hated it. I did, I did not love just it like at straight all. Up I just it. straight up hated it. No, it's like, here, here's, here's the thing, right? He's like, oh, cinema is equal to literature, music, or dance. Huh? Dude. So, so let me get this straight. Like the Percy Jackson Hunger Games, those aren't literature. Those are just books. <laughs> that is classic literature. Classic. Percy Jackson, divine literature. Like and then you get you get some music, just just rap pop music. That's not music. It's right. just sounds. With right, rhythms. like it doesn't count. That's that's what frustrates me is like, you can't just because it's different than something you're used to doesn't mean it's any less of an art form. You know, like okay, let's say I'm a, okay. So I'm a tap dancer and I have been for a long time. I'm not gonna look at people doing like hip hop and be like, that's not dance. Like, yes, it is. It's just different. Like, you can't, you can't give yourself a superiority complex. And that's what my, I'm not going to go to like an EDM concert, look at everyone jump around having the time of their life and be like, hmm, but that's not dance. Oh, well, your botma wasn't high enough and your foot wasn't pointed. Like, shut up. Do you even know how to pirouette? Pirouette. (laughs) Please, please, fuete for me. Tell me the difference between ande or... It's just like it's gonna be the worst and what i was having this conversation with my dad and um about like scorsese's opinions on cinema and you know the whole idea that art is dead cinema is dead comedy is dead those are just i'm gonna be honest old people who think that their golden days like their like peak of their life that that was the peak of art or the peak of cinema or whatever it's just like crotchety old people who are upset that things aren't the way they used to. They're upset that like humanity has evolved. You can't be mad that people have evolved and that art has evolved with it. But here's the thing that I take issue with that I feel like not a lot of people are addressing. He talks about Marvel movies like there is no depth to them, but there totally is. Like, do you not understand how deep the cinematic there, there, universe there, goes? There are, there, are, there are emotions in play. There are politics in play. People have yeah. to make hard decisions. People have to put their life on the line. It's not easy, you know? No, and, and like, it's not just like, if you watch it as like, if you look, if you go to watch a Marvel movie and you're only looking for like superhero fight scenes and that's all you want, like, okay. But if you only, if you don't like it and you only think of it as superhero fight scenes and you're not thinking about the actual like plot line and you only just kind of see it visually as like, just like people yeah. kicking each other's asses, then like, not to be a like a dick, but maybe you're not watching it because and like here's here's the other thing, right? So much like, plot. Yeah. What, like when you're watching the fight scenes, how are you not gonna call those art? There is so much choreography, choreography. involved, cinematography, and like CGI. There is so much that goes into play to get those fight scenes down. And yeah. would you shut up? And Why is there an actually please car outside your house? I uh, I I actually I told the ambulance shut up please. It did job. though. It shut up. No, it's just going away. I hope they do. So that. I have I have a good one, and now I actually do kind of agree with this person. Okay. However, it is funny. So I was like, wait, why have I not looked at IMDb yet? Why have I not gone to user reviews on IMDb? And I was like, what is the most like pretentious movie that I can find a good review for? And lo and behold, I immediately thought of Citizen Kane. So here we go. I have my Citizen Kane review just yeah. queued up right now. It's called, this is titled The Great Cinema Swindle. 
I know why you're reading this. You're smart, you have great taste, a passion for cinema, and you see Citizen Kane near the top of every great movie list ever compiled. So with great anticipation, you borrow a DVD copy and sit down for a real treat, and you can't get through the first half hour. You fall asleep. Surprised, you think? It must be me. Maybe I'm tired. I. This is actually funny because I did fall asleep in Citizen Kane. Um, so a month later, you try again, but you don't even get as far as before and wake up drooling out of the corner of your mouth as a bloated Orson Welles with a really bad age makeup groans, Rosebud, Rosebud. It doesn't make sense. You're perplexed. You've watched other films on the list. Casablanca made you stand up and cheer and cry and feel connected to all humanity. You even adore films on the list that some might consider oblique, like Eight and a Half, which you reckon invented cinema language, weaving in and out of memory, dream, psyche. This is more projection, like personal projection instead of like, can you relate to this? Putting the human spirit up on the screen, making you cheer, laugh, and feel connected to all humanity. So why does Citizen Kane leave you so cold, you wonder? What's wrong with me? Am I stupid or something? Your borrowed DVD copy da- gathers dust. Notice how the lender never asks for it back, taunting your uni- your unquiet mind. You must watch me. I'm the greatest film of all time. But you shudder at the thought. Life's too short, and after all, there's more engaging things to do, like scraping plaque off the dog's teeth. Years pass. Finally, you can take it no longer. You think to be a serious film lover, I must watch Citizen Kane. Maybe I was too immature before. Yes, that's that must be it. So you gird your loins and sit awake through the whole thing. The whole turgid, ponderous, dull, vacuous, plodding, dark, dank catastrophe. It's even worse than you feared. An emotionally and intellectually empty story. Your average six-year-old can invent a more complex, engaging tale. Genuinely puzzled, you ask people who name it as one of the greatest films of all time why they like it, and with barely concealed superiority that phonies aren't, are won't adopt, are want to adopt what? They wa- they wax lyrical talk about the haunting mystery of the final words, Rosebud, Rosebud. You notice there's no feeling behind what they say. They also talk a great deal about Greg Tolan's cinematography with liberal references to deep focus. Does this end? And you can appreciate this. You really do. The cinematography was damn fine. Best thing about the movie. That shot, which started outside the window, then tracked back into the room, was really cool. But you just don't believe a movie is made great by cinematography alone. Oh, wow. I'm finishing up, I promise. In all your inquiries, you never once hear the following phrase spoken from the heart. God, I love that film. So here you find yourself reading IMDb comments. Well, let me tell you this. There's nothing wrong with you. You are right. It's overrated, flashy, and unintelligent rubbish. One day, perhaps, one can but dream. The coolest, greatest, most admired film being in the world will point out the bleeding, obvious nakedness of this bloated emperor and the assorted film critics, film studies teachers, and others who need to be told what to think by an authority figure shall squirm and Citizen Kane shall drop off the list once and for all. <laughs> I'm, I'm rating that a 3 out of 10. I hated a little bit of it. It went on a little too long, but... I mostly loved it, so. (laughs) I just love how he's constantly fat shaming Kane and calling him bloated. Like, leave the man alone. I mean, he was a head, but leave him alone. Leave his body alone. Um, Also, like, look, I've talked about Citizen Kane on the podcast. I've talked about the good stuff. I've talked about Mank as well and why I didn't like Mank. Citizen Kane is fine. It's not my thing. Um, It's also older. And so sometimes if you're like my age or if you're just me and you're used to watching newer movies the style is different so yeah sometimes it's boring to watch an old movie 
because it's nothing like what we're used to so it's okay to be bored by an old movie it doesn't make you any less of a film watcher if you don't like old movies but like this is just the most over-the-top review that barely complains about Citizen Kane. It's just talking about how you bar- us, this person borrowed a DVD copy and was embarrassed that they didn't like it and are now, like, projecting themselves onto the IMDb comment section. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, like, a little uh, 180 on that review. Oh, I'm excited. So <clears throat> this is by – hold on, let me see here. Uh, Doncor Quibina. Citizen Kane is not just a masterpiece, but the quote-unquote only revolutionary film that begot all movies that are legendary now. Let that, let that sink in for a second. While I continue, because it keeps going, it sure is a classic and one hell of a must-watch, but for a first-time viewers of this film, it would not impress. The acting is subpar, and the story is not new for us now with the technology and all, not to speak of the birth of all this great inventions that we have at our disposal. But for a film made in 1941, it had some pretty high expectations back then, and I'm confident it met them. I cannot guarantee that the movie will impress you, but I suggest watch this movie just to get things clear and make your peace and accept your loss. What? your loss <laughs> i'm so confused but here's citizen kane is not just a masterpiece but the only revolutionary film that begot all films that are legendary now what what the heck do you, do you think that citizen kane is the origin of all great films <laughs> citizen kane was like i am i'm sorry do you do you, do you only watch orson wells and david fincher what <laughs> Like, okay, I understand that Citizen Kane did a lot for cinema and influenced a lot of movies and is, like, very, yeah, it's very influential. And I understand why people love it so much and why it's such, like, an important part of cinematic history. But you saying that it is the movie and it's the only movie that's ever been made. And and then then he kind of, like, deflects criticism because he's like, oh, first-time viewers will not be impressed by this. Like, I think that was his actual word. I was also a first-time viewer who was not impressed. All right. I'm going to throw in a little a little Zack Snyder review that, um, mind you, listeners, both of us are LGBT. This is a very homophobic review. <laughs> Just listen. Oh, Someone tweeted, they have a trans flag in their name. This is also from the Reddit. Um, so remind me why people like Zack Snyder again. And someone responded with, there's no need to try to understand it. Some people just do. I noticed you were LGBTQ+. Congrats. If you want acceptance, then why bully others for liking a movie director? To want acceptance, but then not to accept others is hypocrit- hypocritical. I, 10. That's just homophobia. 10 out of 10. Transphobia. That was, 10, I just, that was a 10 out of 10 post. Five stars, guys. Thanks, Zach. Hmm, I, I see that you experienced bigotry. Well, <laughs> well, Zack Snyder fans are oppressed too, so we know how it feels to be a trans person. <laughs> like, come on. Look, we get that you live in your LGBTQ world, but we live in the Snyderverse. And it's a cold, <laughs> dark place where all we have is each other. The Joker said we live in a society, and we do. Jared Leto is my spirit animal. I joined Jared Leto's cult recently. And I am totally fine and not traumatized from the island. I give small kisses to the Zack Snyder poster I have in my room every morning. <laughs> so they call him Zaddy? Like, actually, they call him Zaddy? <laughs> I just, 
imagine they have like a Zack Snyder life-size cardboard cutout that they're like really invested in <laughs> like imagine your wife coming home and they're like hey why is Zack Snyder oh god sorry zaddy why is zaddy at the kitchen table in my seat like what's going on there and the husband's like he's hungry. Do not disrespect zaddy zaddy is hungry <laughs> zaddy is here zaddy wants dinner and I will make the lasagna Yes, I do the cooking. Yes, I do the cleaning for Zaddy. <laughs> All right. Um, you know what? I'm not going to go into this Joker one because it's just too long. But I will, however, go into this Blue Velvet one because, boy, do I hate Blue Velvet. All right. So it's a strange world, isn't it? Blue Velvet <laughs> is a 1985 film from writer-director David Lynch who was Oscar nominated for best director. To even define this into one genre dismisses this film, but it's a classic curiosity killed the cat morality tale steeped in film noir. This singularly unique film is a masterpiece from the filmmaker who has had the most impact on my life. First off, Friedrich Elms's photography, Alan Splett's sound design and Angelo Balladamedi's score are all breathtaking and their contributions to this film alone elevates it. I will admit, I do like all those things about this film. All right. <clears throat> From its slow burning opening that shows an idealistic Americana, Lynch takes his time building the world and letting you spend time with the characters, particularly with the main character, Jeffrey. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin, who is outstanding as a cipher for Lynch. God, I really hope that this is not a cipher for Lynch because I hope David Lynch is just not like that character at all. <clears throat> who are completely in sync with. And then Lynch pulls the rug from out with, under, from out, from out, whatever, dude. R rug's pulled out. For the rest of the film, we go tumbling down the rabbit hole where our relationship with Jeffrey becomes divisive. Lynch presents a world that is beautiful, seductive, and terrifying in equal measure while keeping emotion at the very front and center of the film. Lynch weaves comedy and wonderful tongue-in-cheek moments that never bring you out of the story, but rather seduce you more into his world. The film delves into a psychosexual journey that poses many questions to his audience and poses an intriguing dilemma. How far would you be willing to go? If you've ever seen Blue Velvet and your answer to the question, how far would you be willing to go in the context of the film Blue Velvet? If your initial answer is not immediately, I would not go near it anywhere at all, then I am very concerned for you. Yeah, I'm definitely. <laughs> oh my God, how? How is this a question? First off, the main character investigates a murder despite not being a detective and really not getting much of anything out of it. And then he just, he gets into a relationship that he shouldn't be in, you know? He does some questionable stuff and it's just, it's mind boggling, bro. It's how, how, how are you gonna say, uh, what would I do in this situation, how, bro? And you know like what? It. I'm not, there's, 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 there's more to this. That's I'm a 1.5 out of 5. More to today. this, but you know what the, you know what, you know what the commenter's name is? Hmm. It is Paul Lynch. <gasps> is this David Lynch's long lost son? 
crying or like do you know those people that are like really into like actors and their usernames will be like last names of the actors this is just an avid david lynch stan who's convinced that their last name should be lynch dude i swear (laughs) i think you might be right yeah it's they got like a david lynch black and white profile picture and then their like twitter thing is like my name's Paul, I'm 37, and if you don't like Lynch, then get off my page and you're getting blocked. Like, Lynch Lynch stands, follow me. Everyone, have an amazing week. Thank you for sticking with us. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like, if you like that, we will do it again, because that was actually kind of fun. I like it when we review things. Um, Have a great rest of your week, guys. Uh, Social media, Follow me on almost all platforms at Claire B. Downey, just the letter B, not B-E-A. Jason? Instagram at Jason P-C-E. Memorize it. Type it down in your Instagram search bar. Click on the profile. Click follow. Do good smash Zaddy that like Snyderverse content. Yep. Um, Jason only posts about Zaddy himself. Bye. <laughs>